Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. I used to love Fridays. And then I got this job. And now they remind me I got to shut up for two days. I hate that. My steering wheel, I got an older car here in Illinois, and I like to chew on the steering wheel. It's, I'm going to need a new wheel. Somebody call Toyota because I won't buy a GM car. But um, on Fridays, I like to catch up on things that I don't get to. See, I have a wonderful staff here. I really do. And they print up a ton of stuff. And I, I, what I don't get to, I put on the, on the side. And there are so many clips I don't get to. But it's the shortest two hours of my day. So you'll have to forgive me. Fridays, I like to devote a little time to catching up on that. Along with that, we have an issue where a very good friend of mine sent me a text message to remind me um, that I, I missed John Kerry. And I didn't miss John Kerry's story. I had read it in my private time. I, miss, I didn't discuss it because... To me, this is nothing new. So I'm going to go back and explain why I discount information that comes out about particular senators and congresspeople who have been nothing more than self-enriching, self-engrandizing frauds and political whores. It's the way I feel about Joe Biden, and it's the way I feel about many politicians. And it's bipartisan. It's not just one party, although the Marxist party does draw um, my attention and my ire a little more than normal. So... John Kerry, see, I, mean, I can't do it justice unless I tell you the whole story. So bear with me, but it's a talk radio show. I'm born in 1967. In 1967, a dear member of my family who I never met was killed in Vietnam. It helped shape so many of my opinions because I watched the devastation to my family in that, and my aunt in particular and, her, and his brothers. And uh, it really set me on a path to kind of learn about what exactly it was, and it helped form my opinion. And if you've listened to me, you know that I feel there isn't a third-world hellhole on the world, on the globe, that deserves one drop of blood of an American life. I'm sorry, that's exactly how I feel. I feel that if it cannot be reached, if we can't come to some sort of a diplomacy, then you certainly shouldn't have the kind of devastation to a nation like losing 60,000 men in Vietnam, hundreds of thousands of more affected and devastated, and that it forever changes the future because you take those lives that all would have amounted to something. All of them could have forever made this country better. So to me, it is a, it is a sorrow of a future you'll never know because we did it to ourselves, right? And then I look into that particular war. So two things happen. That war, for the most part, if you go back to the very beginning in the Gulf of Tonkin and the lies and the protecting trade and uh, using communism as an excuse after World War II, siding with the communists, because we did, Uncle Joe Stalin, kind of like Uncle Joe Biden, and then flip-flopping and then committing hundreds of thousands of lives in the name of this false patriotism. That's the political aspect of that war. And the politicians that did that to our boys and sold that to the people, may they burn in hell for a thousand millenniums. Okay? That's how I feel about them. However, when it comes to the soldiers, like my cousin, and like the other 58,000 boys, and hundreds of thousands affected, they are our boys. And that is the life you defend with your own. That's how I feel about the soldiers. See, because I learned a long time ago in the American government, the military are brave, righteous warriors who are controlled by corrupt, coward scum. That's just how I feel about it. And history has proven me right time and time again up until right now. 
as we have diapers, Biden, five deferments from Vietnam. Now, that's bad. But if you go in hindsight to what he must have known and what Donald Trump must have known, it wasn't worth them dying. And on that, we can all agree it wasn't worth them dying and it wasn't worth one of the 58,000 boys that died. Not one. However, those were brave men. They were true heroes. Now, they were given lies and misinformation and they were deceived. But those soldiers are what we are to protect. And when John Kerry got back from Vietnam, he did anything but. He betrayed them. And there's also another thing I want you to remember. John Kerry went to Vietnam for four months. How in the hell do you go for four months? Oh, and you're going to say he was he was wounded. He had the Purple Heart. No, 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 he didn't. The Purple Heart was a result of his own actions. And the Purple Heart was an injury he suffered because of his own actions. He wasn't shot. He wasn't Johnny Rambo. He didn't get picked off from the, from the jungle. That's not the case. And you know how I get, came to that conclusion? The facts, number one. And number two, if you remember when he was going to run for president, his own platoon, his own platoon, testified against him. Kerry's fellow soldiers who served with him believed that he was a disastrous officer who deserved to be court-martialed. They had personally raped, cut off ears, cut off heads. The accusations that John Kerry made against the veterans who served in Vietnam was just devastating. Randomly shot at civilians. And it hurt me more than any physical wounds I had. Cut off limbs, blown up bodies. That was part of the torture, was uh, to sign a statement that you had committed war crimes. Raised villages in fashion reminiscent of Genghis Khan. John Kerry gave the enemy for free what I and many of my uh, comrades in North Vietnam in the prison camps uh, took torture to avoid saying demoralized us crimes committed on a day-to-day basis he betrayed us in the past how could we be loyal to him now ravaged the countryside of south vietnam he dishonored his country and uh, more importantly the people he served with he just sold them out Kerry asked to leave Vietnam only after four months. When he got back to the U.S., Kerry formed a group called Vietnam Veterans Against the War, a pro-communist organization that supported America's enemies while American soldiers were fighting and dying on the battlefield. And he sidled up with Hanoi Jane. And what was his penalty for this betrayal? He became one of the most powerful politicians in America. At one time, the Secretary of State. Now he sits in some made-up position for the eco-Nazis. And in the meantime, it's clearly evident, now whether you want to look at the evidence or not, that he had a relationship with the Iranian. The Iranian said in an interview, John Kerry told him about Israeli attacks. It's it. It's over with. But do I delude myself and think that something bad will happen to John Kerry? Well, why would I waste one iota of thought on it? When history proves, when you are in the American Marxist Party, this kind of thing is seen as an asset, not a liability. Betraying your fellow soldiers in the military and your country and the principles of it, that's a resume builder for the American Marxists calling themselves Democrats. So nothing's going to happen, and that's why I decided not to burn a waste a minute on it, because nothing's going to happen. He's going to go on to be an American oligarch. He's going to go on to spend Heinz's third wife's money. That was Heinz's money. She was good for nothing. And that's what he did with his first wife, because that's Washington's version of a gigolo and a successful man is John Kerry. A very politically connected, influential, now very, very powerful, in my opinion, traitor to America. So am I shocked? When he gives away secrets or or tips a hand to American enemy. No, I'm shocked that it isn't going on all the time. In fact, I assume it is. So that's why John Kerry and the American Marxist Party aren't fooling me. Just like they didn't fool me when diapers Biden with his blinky eye and his stupid stammer tried to get through. What I knew I recognized in Das Kapital, Karl Marx's book. Build back better. See, and the whole time I've been fighting against the corporatist Republicans, it's why? It's because of the IMF bank, because of the, the, the idea of a one world currency and the idea that we can somehow get along with 
countries that have philosophies of collectivism and treating their citizens like slaves. I always fought against that. So when I heard this stupid, stupid, moronic word salad phrase of build back America, I knew I had heard it before. And uh, I looked it up from time to time, but life goes on, you get busy. But I found it and I found where it came from and I found why the World Economic Forum, which is a socialist Marxist collectivist organization and in control of the U.N., IMF Bank and all the all the other collectivist nations who believe that the citizens are too stupid to be free. Now is the historical moments of time, not only to fight survivors. Now this, this, I should have gave that a little better intro. This is from the UN. This is what was going on right after the COVID shutdown of the planet. This is why I wanted Donald Trump to resist a federal shutdown in the name of the virus. And this is unfortunately our reality. And the guy who's in charge agrees with these foreign Nazi, socialist, Marxists from the tree of communists around the world. Now is the historical moment, the time, not only to fight severe virus, but to shape the system. We have a unique but rapidly shrinking window of opportunity to learn lessons and reset ourselves on a more sustainable path. It is an opportunity we have never had before and may never have again. So we must use all the levers we have at our disposal, knowing that each and every one of us has a vital role to play. History would look at this crisis as the great opportunity for reset. The Great Reset is a welcome recognition that this human tragedy must be a wake-up call. It is imperative that we reimagine, rebuild, redesign, reinvigorate and rebalance our world. See, that's how I prefer my Marxism. With a nice German... Eastern European totalitarian accent. Give it, give me the full Monty. Now put on the Hugo Boss suit with the big lapels and ask me for my papers. That's the way I like it. Unfortunately, what I'm stuck with is this 80-year-old in a wet diaper pretending to be one of these Eastern European fascist scum. Unfortunately, we are in the reality where that is where we live. So when people say, boy, oh boy, you don't like Democrats. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. I don't like Democrats, but see, in my world, the Democrats are what we call Republicans. The people claiming to be Democrats are these Eastern European fascistic frauds. So they're not American Democrats. They're American Marxists. That's what we're facing. 312-642-5600. When we get back, I'll tell you how they broke the economy. And that's why you're, you're, you're being sold stagflation as some sort of success. But I pity the fool, and I will destroy any man who tries to take what I got. We don't get fooled again. <laughs> it's important to know the history of these people that we have uh, somehow allowed to become gods among men in this country. It really is. And I've been called all kinds of names. I like the, My favorite one is the conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. And uh, my answer always is this. you damn right it is. You're damn right it is. It's been a conspiracy since the idea of collectivism and Marxism and communism has identified its one true enemy, liberty and freedom of the individual. We have always been under attack. We're always in an ideological Cold War. Always. The only thing that's really changed is it used to be from other countries versus citizens in this country for decades, for generations in Senate seats in Congress, and now in the White House. It's not the first one in the White House, but this one is the most dangerous. You know why? Because apparently nobody wants to stop him. And everything this stupid son of a dog has done in three months, he should be impeached. Yet where's the Congress? Uh, by this time, what, what do we have? One, one impeachment or two for Trump? Do something, you lazy bums, instead of raising money for yourselves. The whole lot of them make me sick. That's why I don't run over to the answer. It's the GOP. Send your check to the GOP on K Street. Don't worry. It'll get deposited in the right account. It's disgusting. Tim in Lake Zurich. Hi, Tim. Sean, how are you doing? I'm all right. I, although, I, you know, I didn't want to talk about John Kerry because I knew it would ruin at least the next segment. But go ahead. 
Oh, I'm sorry about that, but it's a, for my first time calling. Nice to talk to you and to meet you. Thank you, my, but, my you pleasure. You know, I watch I watch a show on uh, a, a cable channel about the history of America and who built it, and I see Kerry's great great grandfather-in-law and what he did and how he made an empire of that company and how it actually changed and revolutionized the way this country was run and the way people built their businesses. And now I look at this POS and I wonder yeah. what the heck is he doing in the position that he's in? His, his he first, is a disgrace. You're absolutely right. His first wife, too. His first wife is an 11th generation American, back to the founding, and her great-great-great-great-great-grandfather was an instrumental person in, in, in religious liberty. And to see the descendants uh-huh. of these people that have, for the most part, destroyed the vision of this country. You can come to no other conclusion than what you did, Tim, and thank you. And I appreciate you, by the way, I appreciate you taking time to call. Did you know I learned a little interesting thing about talk radio, Mr. Producer Man, Johnny Rocket? I guess out of all the people that listen, it's like one-tenth of one percent ever call a radio station. And look what happens when you do. You end up with your own show. See what I did there? Uh huh. All right, Steve on the south side. Hi, Steve. Happy Friday, Sean. Thank you. You too, Steve. So one thing that made me sick to my stomach, I don't remember. I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, they were showing a graduate, a cadet from uh, West Point. Yep. And on the inside of his hat, he had that huge sign that said, communism will win. Exactly and I right. thought to myself, oh, my God, these people have infiltrated all over every institution of government. And I thought to myself, who's the congressman who sponsored this guy? Well, I mean, it, the reality is he might have been a legacy for all we know. That might have been a legacy. Yeah. He might have been the, the grandson of, a, of another communist during the time when communism was frowned upon in this country versus an economic alternative that it's being sold as today. So you're exactly right. Weekend. And you too, Steve. And that's why Yuri Bezmenov had told us. Russia didn't have the money to spend on weapons. They were lying about the weapons. They spent their money on espionage, on intellectual sabotage, on destroying a country by using its citizens. The way in which we were supposed to destroy Chinese communism. See, that was the, that was the whole idea. That's how it was sold. We were going to open up trade with a fascistic murdering of its own citizens nation like China. The reality is... That's not what happened. Not even close to what happened. Um, it does explain why we fought wars to protect the, their empire, though. And we've been fighting them. And then do a little research on uh, who was the enemy of South Vietnam and who was the ally. Dave in Barrington. Hi, Dave. Hey, Sean. Thank, thanks for having me on. Hey, I really got to hand it to you for bringing up the subject of Mr. Klaus Schwab who has yeah. started this Build Back Better for everything of Europe that, as you know, is collapsing because... But not everybody is as smart as rate, and knows what you're talking about. You're talking about the, uh, uh, the uh, World Economic Forum. Yes, Davos. Yeah, but well, that, that's Schwab have- started it in 71. Schwab touted himself as a, as a Fabian socialist, but the reality was he was a collectivist who believed in, uh, in a one-world government and a one-world set of principles, and his idea to have the U.N. policing the rest of the world is something that still traces back to what defund the police represents, doesn't it? Absolutely. It's yeah. a carbon, carbon copy blueprint. But you know this time it's going to be different. <laughs> Communism will be different because we're going to do it the right way yeah. this time. Well, the good news is Hugo you know, bosses still have have clothes makers, so maybe we can get back to big lapels. I've got a lot of stuff I like about him, Dave. Thank you so much for the call, and you're absolutely right. But I saw, I could see, I could feel the eyebrows raised when I said that about defund the police. See, what do you think? Why do you think there's a movement to defund the police and major cities and the most dangerous places in the world. Why? 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 Why would they possibly want to do that? You know as well as I do in these, in these poor Democrat-built neighborhoods that to, to normal people are failures and ghettos, there are 85%, 90% good people trapped. Why in the world would the government say what we need is less policing? Why? Because they want, their, they want to nationalize policing. They, but it's even more diabolical. 
They want to have it fall under a world agreement of policing. I know it sounds crazy, but it's Friday. Let's let's name it uh, uh, Thinking Friday or Conspiracy Friday, whatever slander that I'm sure I'm going to get. I'm fine with it because there is no other way you can explain to me any of the of the steps the American government is taking against the principles of Americanism other than it has been ideologically overthrown from within. The economic sabotage we face is so rich, I'll bring on expert after expert to tell you there is no thinking man that can possibly not come to the conclusion this amount of debt spending and, and, and confiscation of the private economy is anything but intentional. The American government has identified the, the, the problem, and it is the American citizen who believes in Americanism. I'll be back after this. Nice. So there's a big drama. You know, I got this stupid CNN. I I think Prof put it on just to aggravate the hell out of me, and I can't get it off. About the fist bump between Liz Cheney and Biden. Yeah, no kidding. He's known her since she was a little girl. The fathers made a bajillion dollars in war profiteering. That's what they do, dummies. That's what they do. Ooh, there's a big scandal. Liz Cheney's loving this. She can get right back in action, and she can pretend to be a big figurehead in the Republican Party. That's why you never hear me say, and donate to the Republicans. Be very specific who you support. Individuals. It's time this GOP get crushed. Crushed. Greg on the Tri-State. Hi, Greg. Hey, John. How are you doing? I'm all right. Friday, I like to blow off a little steam, you know. You know, everybody needs to. I was just wondering if you heard about this uh, House bill, Illinois House, that passed uh, regarding IDPH again. Remind me, because I heard so many bad ones. I'm not sure which specific one you're talking about. If you're, you're talking about the union stronghold on teachers? Well, this one has to do with the teacher union. They're pushing this bill because what it would do is essentially allow the IDPH to decide, even after COVID, all the health protocols, before a school, private or public, opens up. So talk about freedom, talk about union power, talk about everything, just going away. Choice. Oh. Parents have no choice. And it, this one does cover the private schools, yes. I, 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 heard, I yep, heard a everything. murmur. I didn't realize it had passed. When did it pass? Uh, you know, I don't know when it passed the House. Oh, April 22nd, um, oh, 70 fun. to 42 along party line. 70 to 42. Well, you, you want to know something, Greg? I, I, I feel differently, and I felt this way since covid and I had this discussion with family members and friends. This is the greatest gift in the world to the American child. Because right now, we, the parents, not only get to see what they're being taught, because they're doing it in their own bedroom and whatnot, we get to correct these lying Marxist mafia that pretend to be teachers. I'm that serious. You want to know the problem? You want to break this whole thing? Take your kids out of school. And if your sister's got kids in school and she has to work, then somebody step up. That's what I loved about the old neighborhood. Strangers would take care of the kid. Strangers. Right? So-and-so. It was somebody's cousin that you knew, and now next thing you know, she's feeding you a bologna sandwich. It's got to get back to that, only this time we need to have people we know giving our kids the lessons that they need. Because the reality is these teachers are unneeded. They're, they're useless. We have the best information in the world at our fingertips called the Internet. We don't need them for anything anymore. And if your wife has to go to work to make $30,000 a year, but your private school is, is 16, and after you pay the taxes, I got news for you. You're losing anyway. Have her quit her job and raise the kids. What do you think of that? You're not going to hear that on a lot of shows. Thank you, Greg. There's always opportunity. We have to start looking at things the way the Marxists do. It's always opportunity. For you to advance your ideology, the problem is we are hoisted by our own petard because by nature we're individualists. But we need to come together and agree that for this mission we need to build a generation of people who understand the principles of a country where the citizens are giving away its freedoms. Candace in Mount Pleasant. Sean, you asked earlier, why are they trying to get rid of the police? I I was rhetorical, but yeah, go ahead. Okay, well, I mean, I think it's kind of like why um, we had a civil war. I think it's all about transfer of wealth. They can't come after us and just storm into our homes and take our assets or, you know, everything that really? we own. Do you ever see the um, old videos well, of Red I, Fox losing all his stuff to the IRS? Yeah, that's true. That's true. 
But I'm saying on a large scale until the police are gone and to also take property as well. So well, here's what they what here's what they know. You know, you know, the other thing, notice there wasn't a big push about the, the, the police until police departments around this country threw their full support behind Donald Trump. This is exactly. so you've got vendetta going on. Right. We'll teach yep. those cops who the hell do they think they mm-hmm. are. Granted, they're sworn mm-hmm. to uphold the law. But see, the Marxist doesn't need that, doesn't want that. The Marxist needs soldiers that are sworn to uphold the party. That's why they need the U.N., because the U.N. doesn't give a rip about law of any country. All they care yeah, about Katanga. is the party. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Candace. I appreciate it. Candace, let, put a note on Candace's calls, known for answering rhetorical questions. Uh, let's go to Mark and Glenn Ellen. Hey, Sean. Hi. I got two quick things for you. Uh-huh. On the same thread about defunding the police, I was talking to my son the other day, and I was saying, why does Kim Fox, why does she let criminals go, release criminals, and then don't prosecute cases? You know, what is her end game? What happens to the city if we don't do this? And I couldn't come up with an answer. I mean, did you ever watch The Wire? Worse and worse. Did you ever watch The Wire on HBO? I haven't, no. Oh, it's fascinating. And what it, The whole premise is that their gangs and their street gangs are so wealthy and so strong that they actually have people in all kinds of places that are loyal to the street gangs that, that actually enforce different laws and do all kinds of things. I mean, I'm not saying that, I, but I am saying it's Friday. We talk about movies and shows. It's a real good correlation, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it would um, explain actually, why, why politicians would not prosecute somebody who shoots into a car like I talked about earlier because he felt disrespected. They're going to make that part of a plea deal, and he gets to walk home. And the woman who had the mash mask on, mask on the judge was going to put her in jail. Hmm. That's about right. Great. So, hey, you know, talking about, uh, Sean, the other point I wanted to talk about, you know, what we're facing with regard to communism and so forth, I was listening to Ronald Reagan's um, speech for Barry Goldwater, 1964. My favorite. Time Jews. Mm-hmm. Incredible. People should look it up on the Internet. It's just incredible. It's an exact parallel to where we're at today. Mark, you got me, brother. You don't need to look it up on the Internet. Here you go. We're at war with the most dangerous enemy that has ever faced mankind in his long climb from the swamp to the stars. And it's been said if we lose that war and in so doing lose this way of freedom of ours, history will record with the greatest astonishment that those who had the most to lose did the least to prevent its happening. Well, I think it's time we ask ourselves if we still know the freedoms that were intended for us by the founding fathers. Not too long ago, two friends of mine were talking to a Cuban refugee, a businessman who had escaped from Castro. And in the midst of his story, one of my friends turned to the other and said, we don't know how lucky we are. And the Cuban stopped and said, how lucky you are. I had some place to escape to. And in that sentence, he told us the entire story. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. That's my ringtone. Make it yours. Tell your kids about it. Educate them. Because they're being swindled by Marxist morons pretending to be professors. 312-642-5600. We'll be back. Now you have an opportunity to break the schools, break the unions. Take your kids out of there. Take them out. For the most part, we had no idea. Some of us did. But we had no idea to the extent conversations that happened between teachers and principals and teachers and apparatchiks of the Communist Party are really quite startling. I'm, I'm so glad you're there, too. You fit in so well with their, you know, the university's philosophy and mission, right? I mean, it's all social justice all day, every day. I get to all, talk about all the things I love all the time. All day, every day. All day, all day, the day, all, all night of my night classes, when I'm here. Like, I mean, really, I'm living the life over here. Yeah, I always flip out the kids that take my master's class on fiscal policy and public budgets when the first three or four classes are devoted to philosophy of social justice and how you organize society. We don't talk about one, you know, budgetary item. They're like, oh, man. Professor Marcieri, this is a really weird way to teach a budget. <laughs> you know, Isn't it funny? It's part of everything, right? Marxism is so funny. What a foundation. If you don't understand your values, you can't allocate resources among public priorities that are scarce but all needed, right? Exactly. <laughs> 
Uh, just so you one of them's know, got their you're, on the, you're on the mic in the auditorium. Uh oh. Okay. <laughs> we're cool with it. Thank Uh-oh. you. We're yeah, cool we're cool with, with it. We're loving. We're loving the Zoomers aspect of this. Okay. Well, anyway, I am because now this is officially, officially like hybrid. There you go. You're officially hybrid. Hot mic. I love hot mics. I really, really do. Not that it matters, because the Marxists in power that could stop this agree with it. I got kids in college. Greatest thing I ever did every day. Don't you believe a word these morons tell you? These are people that cannot exist in the real world, so they need these phony worlds of schools and education and universities to exist. Because in the real world, guys like me would eat their lunch. And that's why they're working to destroy guys like me. That's why they're working to destroy a system that lets a man come to this country with broken English and become a millionaire in the shortest period of time anywhere in the world. Because up until... This year, we never needed these scum. They always hid. Where'd they hide? Politics, schools, little municipalities. Well, now they're out and about and they're feeling strong. It's time to break the back of it. How do you do it? Take your kids out of the system. End of story. Do not participate. That's how you break the system. I'm telling you, I'm going to start that movement. You watch. You mark my words. Give me my money back. I don't want your Social Security. You take it out by the bricks they put in place. The first one first, then the second, then the third. And then you undo this American version of Marxism. Brick by brick. Makes me sick to my stomach. Frank, Crystal Lake. Hi, Frank. Hey, how are you? Wonderful. Uh, Me too. Uh, 72 years old. I love America. Yep. How many friends did you Uh, lose in Nam? Uh, I got one guy that's, two guys committed suicide, they're Marines, and two other guys are in wheelchairs. I got a, uh, I'm not going to say, um, all I got to say is to you, I love America. America is the greatest country in the world. Every design for people to go to work and be successful. Yep, it used to be. It doesn't matter what religion, color, whatever you are, okay? Frank, I love it. I love it. Thank you very much. I My, as an immigrant, okay, I love this country. What is wrong with the American people? Are they that dumb? Because when it's like spoiled kids, Frank, when you're born with something, it's easy to give it away or take it for granted. The only people that really appreciate this country and what it stands for are the ones like you and the ones that came around. Thank you for the call very much. So that's, that, that's the answer to the question. And everybody's got somebody. Everybody's got at least remembers somebody. My cousin's got a baseball field. And by the way, I'm very thankful to the politicians that named it after him. He's got a baseball field. And uh, it's more than most. The problem is, think about what these wars, even the one we're in right now, think about how it changes the trajectory of a nation. Each one of those lives could have impacted this nation for the right reason. Yet the cowards seem to come back and run for Senate. And I want to say this before I go on. That's what always sickened me about John McCain being friends with John Kerry. John McCain was a legitimate war hero. Like him or hate him, legitimate war hero. The idea that he sided with somebody who betrayed his soldiers and his his comrades, it's despicable. Bill Munster, how are you, Bill? Hey, how you doing, John, man? Love hearing you. Keep up the good work, my man. Thank you, brother. Hey, I just want to make a comment, man, how on why history is so important. You know, when do we replace the uh, the lawful police with the nationalized version of the modern version of the Brown Church and NKVD, man? When Nixon approved the EPA and OSHA, how about I'll start there? Then I'll. Oh, st- I, I hear you, man. Yeah, and I then I, I, and then I'll start with the idea that we, that we it's okay for the government to strip a man of his assets if they say he didn't pay his taxes. I think that's outrageous. Oh, I- I hear you, man. Keep up the good work, man. We cannot forget history. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. And now we're going to deal with the eco-Nazis. That's right around the corner. It's for the environment, the Green New Deal. Don't ever give them the benefit of letting them name themselves. I name them what they are. Eco-Nazis. That's what they are, built on false, fake, frauded science. Like the kind that tells you a mask stops a germ 3,000 times smaller than the mask was designed for. Keep walking around with the slave plate on. I'll be back after this.
From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. It's not infrastructure. It's economic sabotage. It's corporatism cash outs. It's pork barrel is what they used to call it. That doesn't grab enough attention anymore. It's literally schemes. Schemes to enrich contributors. It's a fraud. Joe Biden has been a political whore for half a century. His moron son, you know, the one with a little bit of a crack problem. It's really not a problem. He just likes it on Fridays. He sat on the Amtrak board at 21 years old. They want you to believe it's because he had something to contribute. I say it's because he's a bag man from the neighborhood. Right out of Chicago Democrats, baby. Right out of it. Like a daily family member. Just born crooked as a Grand Avenue. It's sickening to me. Oh, uh, if you think about it, when we were, when I was vice president with Barack, he allowed me to put together a budget for Amtrak. And it had money for high-speed rail at 200 miles an hour from from uh, uh, Char- excuse me from Charlotte, one uh, another line going from in, in Florida down to Tampa, another line. If we, if we had moved, Gov, we'd have that tunnel fixed in New York now. The money was there to get it done. Yeah, they scam the money. They always scam the money. Amtrak is a charity. It's not a business. It's a fraud. And he thinks he can rally support by pretending it's some mystical, magical transportation. There's nothing on earth like a genuine, bona fide, electrified six-car monorail. what I say? Monorail. What's it called? Monorail. That's right. Monorail. 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 I hear those things are awfully loud. It's a scheme. It's a payoff scheme. And they put their kids on the board and their contributors on the board and they give them this ridiculous money that the people don't get to say yes or no. And it just goes on and on and on. It's been going on for 100 years. Most people don't realize, you know what Abraham Lincoln did, right? This is going to go over big in Illinois and I don't care. He was a lawyer for the railroad and he had a very good friend and he'd figure out where the railroad wanted, wanted to buy and he'd have his friend go buy the property. Then Lincoln would cut the deal with his friend. They made a lot of money. I never bought that honest Abe thing. No more than I buy the fact that Joe Biden's son actually was a contributor on the Amtrak board. But I wanted to bring on a guest, Randy O'Toole. He's all right. We don't have him just yet, but that's all right. We'll get him. He's from the Cato Institute. All right. It's all right. Listen, he went for a walk. He's got a dog. He's a big dog. Dogs have to go out. I understand. I've got a couple dogs myself. We'll get him when the dog comes back in. Hopefully he'll wash his hands and hopefully he brought a bag with him because that's going to get messy. Um, But what is happening with this particular case of infrastructure is they're giving the nuggets that they think the people will buy. Because what the Democrats hope is that if they put enough lipstick on that pig, even the people that oppose it will be so... Such a small voice in a nation that feels it's going to profit from it, that they'll build back better and all the rest of the nonsense that you'll take your eye off of the ball of the reality is in each and every instance, every citizen has been charged various taxes to maintain the infrastructure they claim needs to be completely rebuilt. And this is that that corruption bailout that plays right into the hands of, of politicians who have squandered the money. So to me, it makes perfect sense, perfect sense that the big Joe Biden plan, a senator that has sat in a seat for 50 years, all of a sudden wants to act as if he just got there and the country needs everything. We need it all. And what he does understand is that he's got enough people that think they're going to individually profit from it to sell it. He really, really does. And he's going to do this, build back better, and the whole time he does it, he's going to tell you the reason that they have to tax you is because they have to spend it like he did this morning. 
In your first 100 days, you proposed $6 trillion in, in new spending, and you plan to pay for it by raising taxes on people, on businesses, on investments. Why, why tax and spend so much when the economy is still recovering as a result of the pandemic? That's the reason why it's recovering, because we're investing. He's an, he, it is beyond stupid what he just said. You proposed it. The rest of the country has already suffered through $6.2 trillion in BS, spending and welfare and lies. Now, in, in 90 days, this clueless economic illiterate, truly a man that has only ever lied to people for a living. That's what a politician is. And that's all he's ever done is tell one lie after the next lie, the whole time enriching himself and Biden, Inc., his family. And now all he's got to do is lie a little bit more. And I'm curious to know, are there enough? Do Democrats buy it? I know I, I, I was very excited. I had a Democrat call me a teacher. And he said he wasn't a Democrat anymore because it's too far left. Is there anybody that doesn't derive their income from this BS, this scam, that believes this doddering dimwit in diapers? You didn't think I could do the three Ds. I did it. 312-642-5600. Have you been, do you know a Democrat? Because I don't. I eliminated him from my life and I never felt better. You know who else I eliminated? The corporatist scum Republicans and the welfare seeker Republicans. They're out of my life too. So I don't have much people to talk to other than you. Do you know a Democrat that's looking forward to this spending? Or do you only know Democrats that profit from it? Like the, like the union municipal workers. You know, they love this stuff. They love it because they know. That the money that went to infrastructure and you were paying taxes for went to give them pay increases and pensions. See, that's where the money's really gone for infrastructure. To pay off the general fund of corruption we call government cheese, workers, and pensions. That's why they sit around in those orange incubators in Illinois with a big smile on their face and cheeseburger stains on their shirt. Because they know they got us beat eight ways to Tuesday. 312-642-642. 5,600. I'll take your calls and comments when I get back. I think the part that frustrates me the most is that we're already ignoring the economic failure that's going on because of the Biden administration. And I don't just, I, 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 as you know, if you listen to me, I give a rip about the stock market. It's such a, a Ponzi scheme of various corporate fraud. I don't really care anymore. But what they will create is stagflation, what they always do create. Um, The other thing is the silent killer of a family's prosperity, and that's inflated costs. Aside from radio stations, even news media, even conservative media, where is the outrage over the cost of wood, of plastic, of steel? You see, these are the, 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 the common denominators in life and prosperity. Copper is through the roof. All of these things that go into building homes, to building toys, to everything that you need. Everything is a derivative. All plastics are derivative of oil. Everything. And we're just, just, just forget about it. Just, just, you kind of knew it was going to happen, but we won't, we won't worry about it. You see, maybe it's because I lived my life not having money. It wasn't until my 20s and 30s I started to have a decent income i know what it's like to have to go without but then when you think about this country when's the last generation that really went without i mean everybody born after reaganomics is a spoiled entitled brat that has no idea what it's like to go through an inflation and cost of it and watch your mother and father or mother or father alone struggle because they can't afford to pay bills and feed their kids So you got a bunch of spoiled, entitled idiots voting for this fraud, telling me how it brings back dignity. That's why I can't stand the Marxists. But the ones who knew what they were doing and told me it was going to be nothing but politics, that's the scum, the two-day scum, the cream of the crop. And as the summer comes, you mark my words, absolute and total destruction to anybody who isn't rich because no one's saying a mum's the word in illinois is it's 340 a gallon that's fine it's just gas 
But wait till those other inflationary things that people need skyrocket, least of which is food. Wait till food. It's already going up. Nobody says a word, right? Because when you're paying for your food with the cheese, what the hell do you care? You got your EBT card? Who cares? Ring it up. I ain't paying for it. And that's going to be the alternative. Don't worry. We know it's going up, but we're going to have more welfare, more costs. I had an article printed up from the lovely, lovely Misty Callahan. I'm going to look for it right now. Not the UFOs. We'll talk about that in the last segment. You know I love that. U.S. households income surged by a record 21%, yet 39% of all U.S. households have some form of government cheese. Well, no wonder nobody cares, right? You got your checks, you got promises of more checks, and every spending bill just a little something more for you. So we figured out everybody, to one extent or another, is for sale. We just got to hit your number, right? It's a good thing we're dealing with the Democrats because their number is always lower. Let's go to Teresa on the north side. Hi, Teresa. Hi, Sean. Um, yeah, I mean, you just hit on what I was about to say. Oh, uh, take a look at restaurants and other companies who are hiring with no response. They can't get people to work for them because people are on the government cheese, unemployment, stimulus, and they're making more staying home than going to work. I mean, where is your pride Where's your dignity? Teresa, a story went by, and it was talked about. I heard it talked about on a couple shows. In fact, I think Prof talked about it, but Prof's smarter than the average bear. And what he talked about was how Joe Biden made it mandatory for any, any attachment to the federal government, any contract, anything to do with the federal government, has to pay its employees a $15 minimum wage. And there's two reasons he did that. Number one, you backdoor nationalize a, 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 a minimum wage, right? So, so now... All private entities have to compete with that. And that's how you have the brain drain from the private sector into those slobs with coffee stains we call municipal workers and the rest of them. So they go to that industry and you, you, you then can't find employee or you simply can't afford to pay that. And you go out of business or your relatives come into business or whatever the case is. And that's how a nation backdoor nationalizes all business. Because they are now having an interest in input and contracts with companies that manage to stay afloat through the very economic problem they created. And that's, yeah. that's the plot that's taking hold. Not to mention, it also builds up unions. Because unions now, yes. unions now are competitive for the first time ever when normally they're not. Which is why in the private sector, union membership and support was at its lowest that it's been in 50 years prior to this idiot, this corrupt political whore they call a president taking hold. So I think my outrage today and my outrage when I think about the circumstances and when I read the news through the articles is, who's the guys, aside from 5% of us, speaking for freedom and capitalism? See, this plot that I played in the beginning, this build back, this is a a Marxist agenda. This is what they knew. They couldn't win the argument because they have hundreds of years of death, destruction, and failure. Every country that's ever tried it has killed its citizens and failed miserably because they live in corruption. So they, that's why they, they, they can't come out and sell it to kids. But what they can do is corrupt a system through a hybrid. And we are at the culmination of the break. This is when there is going to be very, very little capitalism. And, and, you know, Teresa, that's why I don't talk about the market. That stock market isn't yeah. capitalism. What do you mean too big to veil? You've got every company in the Dow Jones is a political whore. Every one of them. They got money coming in yeah. from the government. They got corporate bonds being bought by the Fed. It's one giant scam. So that's why you're never going to hear me shed a tear for the market. The market isn't anything it used to be. Teresa, you know I love the calls. Thank you so much. I Thanks, Sean. It. Thank you. I had a really... Very smart guy who was a fan of the show and a, a fan of the station and listens. He called me up to say, you know, did you ever think you'd see a time when the Federal Reserve, who isn't supposed to be involved with companies and banks, has literally employed companies and banks through backdoor, really, they're not backdoor anymore. They're right out in the front door. They're buying corporate bonds, unsecured debt. They're giving banks money to buy the the federal bonds back. It's, it's just so corrupt. Guys would have went to prison for economic policies that presidents are selling. 
In a free market, guys would have went to prison for what's open and notorious now. So when you see these 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 do nothing, never did anything in his life, come out and tell you how the economy is going to be rebuilt again in the vision of the Marxist union members and the the proletariat against the imaginary bourgeoisie. Are you that shocked? The blue collar blueprint to build America. And this guy's got a blue collar. You know, who called him lunchbox Joe other than his own PR? He's never had a blue shirt on in his life. And if he did, it was to, with those fake aviator glasses to pretend to connect the people who go to work for a living. His entire state is about a tax shelter. The whole state he's from is literally known for tax shelters. And this guy's going to, I mean, you have to be a moron to vote for him. You have to be a corrupt moron, or maybe you're one of those, those self-loathing scumbags with those butter soft hands who just hates anybody else who has more than you think you deserve it's sickening to me susan frankfurt hi how are you um so my son works at um ups and they cannot get people to show up for five days in a row so he gets his normal i think he gets 14 15 hour but on top of that he gets 200 dollars a bonus a week just because he showed up for five days a week and I, correct me if I'm wrong, UPS is not unionized, correct? Yes. No, he is in the union. Oh, he is in the union. I didn't think UPS had the union, but I might, I, you know, I, I remember yes. years ago a very... Well, he's, a, he's, he's, um, he's somebody that puts the pack. My son has bad, you know, he's not been a rocket scientist his whole life, but he got himself a job. And in this economy, he's got a criminal background. And in this economy, I was proud of him. I told him, get a job. I'm proud of him. Yes, open the door and said, you know, good. You know, you're going to get a job. So he took the job, fourteen fifty an hour. And he goes, Mom, not only are they going to pay me five days a week my salary, because they always start out at part-time, four hours a day. But then on top of it, just for showing up for five days, doing what he's supposed to be doing, he gets $200. Well, Susan, I'm proud of him. I really, I mean that. Because he made a choice to do that. He didn't have to so do that. My, my, my son, my son. I mean, it's hard for me to stay on the radio, but my son uh, made some poor choices. He got a domestic with his girlfriend, and then he went to prison. And he went to prison for two years. And he got out. He's 25 right now. And he's like, you know, he, he has no education. He's not a lot really going on upstairs in terms of education. And so I get, I said, dude, you got to get out there. Yeah. And God bless UPS. They hired him. You know, yeah. they took him in, and he's been working there since last October. And, but during this pandemic, this kid busted his butt. And I feel like if my son can get out there, because I'm an old-fashioned Irish girl with the, you know, get, you know, yeah. you got two arms, two legs, you get out there and get a paycheck. I have zero respect for anybody that, you know, really doesn't want to try. Me too. I'm proud of him. If my son can get a job, these other people can get up. I've had people in conversations say, your son will never get a job. I said, you know what? You'd be amazed who will hire people if you have a willingness to work. Love it, Susan. Very inspiring. I love it. It's a great story. And it's a great company. I'm going to tell you right now, uh, in Melrose Park, I had a dear friend of mine. Dear friend of mine. We were kids. Kids. And his parents were immigrants. They had the broken English. 16 years old, he starts working at UPS. Works his tail off. Works his way up. Becomes a manager. This is before the sack, you know. He just, his, his parents just ingrained it in his head. You get up, you go to work, you don't miss a day. That's the kind of way it, it was, you raised your kids when I, when I was young. This guy, to this day, is a very successful guy. Very successful. Went on to a different company. But anything can happen if you, if you, if you want it to happen and you want to put the effort in. Or the problem we have in this country, so many of these kids and so many adults are being lured with that false sense of entitlement and that promise of a socialist utopia where the Joe Bidens of the world make it sound wonderful and they don't want them to see how it really ends in those countries like Venezuela, how it really ends in those Marxist, friendly, and sympathizing countries like all of Eastern Europe, how it really ends. And that's why it's sad when you realize capitalism is thriving in the former Soviet states more than it is in America. And that can only happen because you've persuaded citizens that they're entitled to something for existing versus what Susan's son is doing. I'll tell you what, it gives you something to be proud of. 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls and comments when we come back. It's a free-for-all Friday. 
Why not? We might as well have a good time. You know, I, I'm a little mad Jerry hung up. He was going to clarify the whole union thing at UPS. But uh, I found out some are unionized, some aren't. UPS fought off the union. I have a long history with uh, unions. I understand the concept. I understand the sales pitch. But I also live in the real world. And those son of a guns are as crooked as Grand Avenue. Sorry, just the way it is. It's a scam, day to day scams, labor extortion mafia. And it's a favorite wing of the American Marxists. The blue collar blueprint to build America. That's what it is. And it recognizes something I've always said in this chamber and the other. Good guys and women on Wall Street, but Wall Street didn't build this country. The middle class built the country, and unions built the middle class. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Unions represent mediocrity at extremely high costs. That's just the way it is. That's why they can't compete on the open market. Can't do it. And they need these corrupt son of a dogs like Joe Biden. With their false teeth and their Botox and their doll hair sewn to their head and their diapers. Selling that same Marxist claptrap they've been selling for half a century. Right? The last time Joe Biden was useful, right before he got elected. It's a crock of dung. But it keeps on working. And, um, all right, before I get to my clips, I got Stephen Willowbrook wants to bring a somber note. Hey, Steve, how are you? Sean, love your show. Hey, if I, if I could, go right ahead. To all Christian Orthodox friends and listeners, wish them a happy Easter this weekend. That's right. I got one of these, a dear friend of mine, Pete the Russian. He's an Orthodox. They're sticklers yeah, we're for, we're sticklers for oh. dates, and you got to argue with everybody else. You got to have your own thing on a month or later. I get it. Hey, it's, I'm just coming to somebody's house to yeah, eat. This is this, this about the latest that it can get, you know, in terms of the year. A month. We're usually pretty close, but this year. A month yeah, later. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, we got, one, we got a woman here who's thing. Greek, and this is, you know, Greek Orthodox, and then she's right. telling me about the lamb and the appetizers, you know. And, right. uh, Roast she's, pork, et yeah. cetera, et cetera. She won me over, so I'm going to say happy Easter. I'm going to the house on Sunday. What do you think of that? Oh, it sounds great. And one quick thing. Yes. It was always a pleasure to buy Delco batteries from your family. Oh, did you know my grandfather? Yes. we. Used to, I was a kid then, but we, my dad would always get batteries there was he something or what the old man huh and then and then my uncle tj were those good guys yeah you know i still have i still have wrenches he was a stickler because his brother used to grab you at the five fingers he would he would etch his name on every wrench every screwdriver (laughs) everything said tom sarlo on it steve thank you you made me smile thank you all right. Have a great weekend. You Thanks too. for everything. Thank you. You're great. Thank you, brother. You know, they tried to unionize my grandfather's. He had a little tiny auto parts store, a tiny little auto parts store. He had three guys there and he, they came in and they, they, they wanted to unionize him. I'll never forget this about 12 years old. And they basically gave the innuendo like, that's a nice store. Nice store you got here. I'd be a shame. Shame if something ha- you know, happened to the store. Just as he said that, a friend of my, my uncle's was a real deal guy. You didn't mess around with this guy. He was tougher than three people. He came through the door. He said, what did you say? And I'm a kid. I'm 12 years old. I go in the back. I figure where fight's going to happen. I grab something heavy. He didn't have to. That was at that moment when I saw, look at these big three swollen son of a dogs. They got real timid. The minute that guy who was about 190 pounds with a 32 inch waist said, what'd you say? And you saw those three union guys get all real cowardly. And that was the era when you couldn't walk through the line. They'd bust your head. Then I realized, you know what? They bleed just the way we do. That's why I never let them intimidate me. To this day, when I see a rat outside of business, I pull the car over. I get out with my little friend. I say, what happened? What are you guys doing? Why don't you leave the business alone? To this day. Granted, sometimes it's my cousin's demolition company, and I still stick with them. Robert Schomburg. Or hey, how are you doing, Sean? How are you? Good, good. You know, I, just, I was listening, and I want to say I agree with you, even though I think the police union, fire, transportation unions are decent. But I have my family, of course, who we spoke before about the food, and SCIU, that's one of the useless unions ever around. This one road you pay up. If you got a problem, take it somewhere else. And that's pretty much, I hear in that, I just don't have no 
I told you, did I ever tell you my my SEIU when I was in the real real estate in Illinois, when Obamacare took over, SEIU union, I I knew this guy casually come in my my real estate company. He goes, why don't you just join the union? I said, why would I join the union? Oh, yeah. I said, why would I join the union? I'm a real estate broker. He goes, no, no, no. He goes, you know, I'll get the guy over here. You'll fill it out. You'll be a custodian. And you get get the hell out of my office, I said. I'd rather spend the extra money. Thanks, Robert, for the phone call. You're going to do me a favor? You're going to make me a custodian? You know how much? shenanigans are going on with those scumbags pretending to be useful driving up the cost of everything you want to know what destroys american manufacturing the american middle class the union the same one that supports this marxist fraud because what he understands is they support their party because that's where their bread is buttered you want to you want to really i'll tell you what like we said yesterday you want to help things in, in somebody figure out how we can infest china with the teamsters That'll bring competition right back. Ridiculous to me. All right. I wanted to talk about the rate and Jerome Powell. We got time? How much time I got? Got a little time, right? All right. Because this happened, too. I want to get to things on Friday that I miss. And we're going to do the, the, the television and movies. I got recommendations coming. Jerome Powell doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Our Federal Reserve System, you know, the one that gets brought up on election time when the when the corporatist Republicans want to shore up support from independents and they sit, they utter the term audit the Fed because the Fed is making it up. They hire these these yes men, these Z-Bart salesmen from Western Avenue. They put them in there. They put a Brooks Brothers suit. They part their hair to the side and they give them talking points. And when it comes to answering real questions like why in the world are you uh, quantitative easing to the tune of $120 billion a month? The same time you've got spending bills in trillions. You're quantitative easing and, and you're buying the worst form of debt imaginable, unsecured corporate bonds to the tune of $40 billion, and you're not putting them in with the 120 So it's really $160 billion a, a month, a month of charity to different forms of fraud or another. And Jerome Powell had a real good answer. Listen to this Z-Bart salesman. The Federal Reserve leaving interest rates unchanged after its April meeting and not changing and continuing with $120 billion of asset purchases under its quantitative easing program. The Fed for the first time, though, noting progress on vaccinations and uh, saying uh, there's been help from strong support, strong policy support. So a bit of an upgrade throughout here to the economy. Uh, The Fed has said employment has strengthened, which is an upgrade from the prior statement where it said employment has turned up. Uh, he said the pandemic has a, a pandemic affected sectors remain weak, but those sectors have shown some improvement. That's a new addition to the statement here. And then uh, bingo for uh, David Kelly there. Inflation has risen, the Fed says, largely due to transitory factors. Some out there playing bingo, some playing the drinking game. There's the first transitory of the day from the Federal Reserve. The risk to the outlook from the virus, the Federal Reserve says, remains. Uh, and uh, the Fed will continue to aim for inflation above is there anything in here uh, textually or subtextually, Steve, that would change anyone's view that the first tightening of, of quantitative easing, uh, easing uh, comes, comes not uh, this year but next year? Is there anything that suggests that? No, and as you know, Tyler, we take the UV light to the statement to make sure we're not missing any hidden <laughs> signals. We do a, uh, a compare and contrast. We do all sorts of decoding of the first letter of each sentence. And no, uh, I, I don't see that in here. I would not be changing my uh, outlook for Fed policy. Everything's great. We're going to keep the policy of $160 billion a month going out to the very inside corrupt people. It'll all be great. In the meantime, let's spend trillions of dollars and then let's have dimwits in charge. 312-642-5600. When I come back, we'll do the movies. It's Friday. Let's stick to a theme. Movies will go out on a high note. After- let's all go to the live. Let's go to the movie. It's time for Friday Features with Sean. And now, on with the show. I do love that song. It just makes me feel good, man. I love it. But I was just I was just listening to it. It's a new advertiser. Buywrite.com. That guy came to my store. I love it. Love it. It's If you want to know that you're not giving your money to a, a Biden-supporting Marxist, I, I love the concept. He's an honorary new friend of mine, and uh, I love the company. All right, Dave in Wheaton. Give me the movie, because I got one for you, too. Okay, um, my father, no, you have a mutual friend. 
right. Uh, Joe Monterat. Oh, yeah, sure. I know Joe. My doctor. And he, and he, re- he recommended mm-hmm. The Lives of Others. The Lives of Others. Have you seen it? I have not, and I'm writing it down. It, the Lives of Others is a, a, fanta- it's a fantastic movie. It takes place, I believe it's in East Germany, and there's a playwright that's part of the whole party thing, so the government lays off on him. But one of the government officials takes a liking to his girlfriend, and things change for this guy. And that's all I'll tell you. But and you're sure this is not from the future. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate <laughs> it very much. Yeah, that's my doctor, Joe Matarazzo. A lot of people know him. You know, and I, I, I was thinking about this whole thing. You know, if you want to go out in Chicago, you're going to need a passport. I guess they call it a passport now. And I saw the doctor from WGN say, it's a great idea. You know, he showed me the passport. And I was really, I, I feel transvaccinated. I feel like I've been vaccinated, so therefore I am. I'm calling it transvaccinated. I'm making up my own my own uh, pass, and uh, I think it's going to get me in. I mean, after all, if a guy in high heels can go in the ladies' room, why can't a guy who feels vaccinated go to a restaurant? Just makes sense to me. So here's my movie suggestion. A lot of people haven't seen it. It's an old movie. One of my favorites, and it will completely change your outlook on the best movie ever made, which is Citizen Kane. Did you ever see RKO 281, kid? Johnny Rocket. It's the true story of why Orson Welles was blacklisted by the deviant William Randolph Hearst. So what you do is first you watch RKO 281, and it's got the guy in it from Ray Donovan. It's one of his first movies. I love that guy. Love Shiver or whatever his name is. RKO 281. Then you watch Citizen Kane. I'm telling you, it'll give you a whole new perspective. Then on Hulu... There's a new movie called Run about the mother that oh, you have to watch it. It's this year's version of Misery with Kathy Bates. It's that good. And then my new series is Condor on Epics. Ties into the whole CIA. Man, oh man, the more you learn about the CIA, the more you realize these movies that paint them as crooked, war profiteering propagandists, liars and frauds who really, really benefit when a country feels threatened, the more you realize how not only accurate that is, but it's an undersale. It's exactly what they do. So the show Condor, that was it. That's the fastest. That's it. Friday. I got two more. I got two more days before I can come back. All right. Listen, everybody have a great weekend. I had a great time. I need another hour. But in the meantime, I'm going to just work on perfecting these two. I'll see you Monday. Have a great weekend. Goodbye and good riddance. Believe in shooting stars, but she believe in shoes.